amazing. How's everybody doing today? We doing all right? All right. Well, my name is Adrian Lee. If you don't know me already, uh, I'm so glad to be sharing with you guys today. Pastor Ben and Jess uh, are not here today. They're getting some rest. They're relaxing, getting recuperated, uh, ready to jump back in next week. But I want you to know they've been praying for you. As a matter of fact, every single uh, seat in this room has been prayed over by our prayer team this morning. Uh, so there have been people lifting you up so that what God wants to give, you don't miss it, you receive it this morning. I hope you're feeling good by first glance. You all look pretty good today. Way to show up, church. Way to show up. Uh, for the Lord, obviously, not for anybody else. Uh, but you, you look great. I, I think this is going to be an incredible morning. Uh, I loved that worship. Those songs spoke to me today. And I'm just praying that God, um, that what he has for us, we would receive it uh, with open arms. Let's pray and we'll jump right in. Father God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you, my God, that you speak in a way that we can understand. And I just ask that you would remove any barriers today, anything that gets in the way of us hearing what you have to say to us. Would it not be my words, but something straight from your heart today? In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Amen. All right, all right. So the last couple of weeks before Easter, we were walking through uh, this Get Ready With Me series about the armor of God. Who loved that series? Who, who enjoyed that? Man, I did too. And I honestly, I need to kind of go back through them again uh, because it was good on Sunday, and I don't know that I was wearing it on Monday, uh, but I want to refresh that because it was so incredible. And so I'm getting to kind of cap that series uh, by talking about the next piece of the armor of God that we haven't touched on yet, and that is the helmet of salvation. So let's jump in here. Romans 10, 9. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Okay, so you believe it, you declare it, and in that space you receive salvation. Uh, I, I've always kind of generally understood this growing up in church, uh, but when it came to putting on the helmet of salvation, it's like, okay, well, I said the prayer. So check, I guess it's just kind of on me now. Um, that, that was, I, never, I never gave it much more thought than that until studying really for this series. And when it comes down to it, putting on this helmet of salvation is all about putting protection for your mind on. It's putting on protection for your mind. We're talking this morning about your thought life. We're talking about the thoughts that, that went through your head as you got out of the car and walked through the gauntlet of people that love you so much uh, on the way into church. Uh, we're talking about what happens in your mind, uh, in your decision-making process. We're talking about the things that you and I allow to live up here, the things that we allow to live rent-free in our, our heads. Um, so back in the day, freshman year of high school, I played one year of football, one year of football. Now, you might be uh, sizing me up in this moment. Like, okay, I believe that. He's kind of a big guy. Well, let me let you know. The glory you see before you is about 25% the gym, 25% genetics, and 50% uh, what I gained while my wife was pregnant with both of our kids over the last several years, uh, and it just has not gone away. It's a faithful friend to me. But in ninth grade, I was a little guy. I was skinny. Um, and, but I wanted to try out for the football team, so I, I did. I got on the team, uh, and I remember one practice. We're all, uh, we've got our pads on, got, got everything on, and everyone's in a circle, and it's me and one other guy in the middle. I remember the job I was given, stop that man. Don't let him get by you. I'm like, bet. I'm strong, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, pro I'm probably strong. Um, he's not much bigger than me. Let's, let's do this. He runs at me, and I brace myself. The world goes white. 
And when I can see clearly again, my neck is cranked at about this angle right here, and it's not coming down. And all I feel is just pain. I don't even know what happened. He hit me so hard, he almost popped my head right off my shoulders. I, in that moment, I was grateful to God, one that I had already said yes to Jesus. I, I was grateful for, the, uh, for everything I was wearing, the helmet and all that. I was like, my life was safe. He hit me so hard. I walked on to practice with a chain on that day. Why? Who knows? But I had my chain on my neck that day, and that sucker evaporated when that boy hit me. No evidence. Turned into space dust. It's, it's flying around the earth as we speak right now. Boy, hit me so hard. And, you know, I think most of us would probably agree that we wouldn't step into uh, a full contact uh, football game where other people have pads on, other people are 300-plus pounds coming at you. We wouldn't step into a game like that without our, without our, our stuff on, right? We wouldn't step in without our helmet on, right? Like, we, that, that's, that, that, that makes sense to all of us. But unfortunately, this is exactly the way that many of us Christians are walking through our lives. We've got some of the armor on, but our minds are unprotected. We're stepping out into the world, into these moments at our job with our family. Uh, we're stepping into all of these moments, but we've got no protection for our mind. And we're taking hits. We're getting bruised. We're getting jacked up in our mind and just living with it. And I'm here to let you know today that this is not what God has for you. The helmet, excuse me, the helmet of salvation is not it's, that, that's not your salvation. It's the helmet of your salvation, right? So uh, it's not that you can put on your salvation and take it off when you go to the gym. Like, it, it doesn't work that way. What we're talking about here uh, is, you know, you think about a soldier stepping into a battle. They put on the helmet as they're stepping into the fight. The football player puts it on as they're about to go onto the field. It's about what you put on as you step in to the battle that God has in front of you. We're not talking about getting saved over and over and over again. Also, with that, shout out to all of us who went down for the altar call Three or more times. Hey, I'm right there with you, baby. Uh, God is saving me anew every day. I might go down again today. We'll see what happens. But we're not doing that again and again. But you are putting on protection that God has for your mind. And you don't do it one time. You do it again and again and again. And this protection comes to you after you say yes to Jesus. You say yes to Jesus, you believe it in your heart, you declare it with your mouth, you receive salvation, and what you have also received is this ability to be protected against what is coming at you in this world. You give your heart to God, you're not just giving your heart to God. You give your heart to God, that salvation is not just for your heart, it is for your mind. What God wants to do is not just for uh, how you feel, one part of you, it is for your mind as well, here and now in our day-to-day -day life, it's for all of it. And so what I would say, my recommendation this morning is that we would let what Jesus has done guard our mind. Let what Jesus has done guard our mind. And we've got to get this right. Because we're talking about the armor of God, right? We're talking about the armor. The reason the armor exists is because there is a battle to fight. The reason there is a battle to fight is because there is an enemy that is opposing you. There is someone that stands in opposition to the health of your marriage. There is someone that stands in opposition uh, to you being able to get up in the morning and do what you're meant to do. Uh, in John 10, it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. To steal from you what God has for your life. To kill and bring death into every area of your life. And to destroy what God is entrusting in your hands. That is your enemy. 
Ooh, but thank God he has something for us to not just keep us safe, but to make our way through the battle. And, and if we're not protected, if we don't protect ourselves like we can, there's a lot that can happen. There's a lot that can happen. One thing that can happen is we get easily deceived. We get easily deceived. Okay, so listen, I'm a, I'm a cereal guy. I'm a cereal guy. I like it. You might be able to tell. You get a closer look at this uh, sweater. It's not hiding everything. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a cereal guy. Now, I love I loves me some Captain Crunch. Do I have any Captain Crunch people in the room? My brothers, my sisters. I see you. I love you. So I, I learned that there are actually a number of different uh, off-brands to Captain Crunch. Uh, there's a piratey-looking person on the bag or the box and a vaguely weird barrel-shaped orange-looking thing inside of the bag. Uh, it looks like Captain Crunch, but it is not Captain Crunch. But me and my people, I bet all of us could sit down blindfolded and, and eat a little bit of all of those cereals and know exactly which one is the real Captain Crunch. I am that confident. That's how much time I've spent with the captain. I feel that confident that I could identify that, right? When we don't have the protection for our mind that God awards us as we receive salvation, when we don't put that on, intentionally choose to put that on each day, we lose our ability to tell what is from God and what is not. What is the real thing and what is the counterfeit? We, we, we live in a world right now where uh, everyone, everyone is an influencer. Everyone's got a podcast. Everyone's uh, issuing out all this information. We've got so much stuff floating out there uh, that sounds very spiritual. It might have the Christian paint job, but underneath there's something missing. Underneath it's not really all about Jesus. Underneath it's about something else. There's all these things that we can take in, and if we're not careful, we'll be taking in things that we were never meant to, things that are actually counterfeit and not the real thing. We might even wind up building our lives on these things, seeking strength from something that cannot provide it, seeking strength from something other than the actual word of God. I, I remember, uh, you know, we, we, we've all been through life the last couple of years, uh, you know, and if this was you, I'm not judging you, but I am talking about you. Um, I, 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 knew, I knew so many people uh, over the last couple of years who are uh, just living in the conspiracy theory kiddie pool. We're like, that's all we're taking in all day. That, that's it. We're munching on that day after day. We're popping in conspiracy theories as though it is the true word of God, as though it is what we are betting our life on. We're popping it like vitamins. We're taking it in like, mm, this will keep me through the day. I've seen people do that. I dare say, if that is where your focus has been, if unraveling that is where your hope is in, then, then you're, you're not on the right track. That's, that's interesting, but that's not what your, your life is made for. That's not what you're supposed to be aimed at. There are also uh, another way that we've seen deception. There are these sneaky moments where when you and I are in conflict with someone, may, maybe you're married and you're in the middle of a fight and it has not resolved yet, but there's, there, there's a moment in there where a thought comes in your mind and the thought sounds something like, maybe we've, maybe we've done everything. Maybe, maybe we got married too soon. You know what? I, 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 knew, I knew they couldn't change. I knew that it would always be this way. Okay. I've, I've got to, I've got to, I, I, I'm, we're, 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 we're married. Okay, fine. But, I, but I, I, I'm in this by myself. There's a sneaky thought that slides its way in and it is, is shaped and, and sounds like your voice. And the danger is, 
it is too easy if we are not protected in our mind, if we are not guarded in our mind, to take that in and agree in that moment. And the agreement in that moment becomes the foothold by which the enemy can shatter and crack what God has brought together in your life. And this isn't just for married people. This is for single people as well. You'll have moments in your life where you're aiming for a goal and you fail. I knew I couldn't do it. I knew that God really wasn't for me. I knew, I knew that I didn't have what it takes. I'm saying it comes at all of us because you are opposed. There's an enemy that is coming to steal kill and destroy and if your mind is not guarded you have no idea where it'll take you you ever seen die hard 2 i have it was awesome and die hard 2 these terrorists have taken over an airport and there's this terrible scene where they've got all these planes waiting in like a, a holding pattern flying around the airport uh, and, they, and they're not letting them land just yet. They're holding them hostage in the air, though these people don't know that. And so a terrorist, disguised as an air traffic controller, begins to guide one of the planes, who is low on fuel, desperate uh, to get to the ground, guides them to the ground, is sending you know, false messages to the computers on board, on the plane. And what happens is, as, uh, as this pilot is following that in, the plane crashes to the ground. It's terrible. It's terrible. But man, if that isn't real, what if we can't tell the difference between the voice of the enemy and the voice of the Lord? What if we, what, what happens in your marriage, what happens in your, your job, what, what happens as you're trying to walk out the purpose that God has called you towards? What, what, what happens then if you don't know the difference? What happens is what you were meant for, where you were made to go. That's all going to crash and burn, get twisted and broken if you can't discern the voice of the Lord in your life. And small aside, I just want to make sure that you know if you're feeling anxious about this, God has given you all that you need to know his voice. He's given you all that you need to know his voice. This message isn't about fear, my friends. It's about hope. It's the situation, but there is hope in Jesus. There is hope in Jesus. Another thing that happens uh, if your mind is not protected is we can get easily amped up we can get triggered a little bit my son is almost two years old and one of his favorite shirts to wear to bed is this paw patrol shirt and my wife and i you know we know when we put it on him we know what follows um we we, we put the shirt on him and uh, i remember i was with him the other day he had it on and then he picked up another shirt because it was time to get dressed and he's like dada he's like oh you want to wear this he's like yes okay uh are you, are you sure you want to wear this shirt Yes. Okay. Um, if you're going to wear this, I have to take the Paw Patrol off of you. Yes. You sure? Yes. Okay, four times. Okay, four times. I'm in. Let's do this. I begin to pull that off from the moment the last piece of fabric leaves his skin. Ah! I'm, and he's not just standing there screaming and crying. His body's on the ground. Starts on his back, ends up on his belly. I'm like, what? Who? Why are we here? What is this? Why is this happening right now? And I am hoping and praying and believing that that's not happening to you guys in your, in your regular life. Uh, if, if you're throwing a fit and falling to the floor as a 40-year-old man, I mean, praying for you, baby. Um, need some deliverance from that one. Um, but what does happen to us is we have these moments where someone says something that's like stepping on a landmine. 
uh, where, 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 where someone um, touches the wrong subject that goes straight to that maybe broken place at the core of us or, or touches our pride in such a way where we just respond. We don't think, we respond. Where all of a sudden we burst out with anger, burst out with frustration, say things that we don't even mean. Because our mind's not guarded. Because our mind's not guarded. We, we blow up. In that moment, there's no patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. There's no, no fruit of the Spirit being active. There's just this anger right beneath the surface waiting to blow up on someone. James uh, chapter 1, 19 says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. If you find yourself quick to get angry, maybe that's your sign that things aren't right today, that I haven't spent the time I need to today, that what was the first thing I allowed myself to look at today? Uh, I haven't put on the protection that God has given to me to make it through this day. Another thing that happens if your mind is not protected is on the flip side, so there's, there's triggered and getting angry, but, but another thing that can happen is you can also be very quick to be brought down. Everything's good as long as everyone's happy with you. Everything is good as long as people are letting you know how much they love you, how much they, they care about you, uh, how much um, you, you mean to them. The, you, you're feeling good. You're feeling great. But the moment someone comes in with something that you don't want to hear, brain wreck. the moment that you get some feedback, um, someone tells you, hey, you've been doing a good job, but there's this one thing that I want you to shift. You heard all the good things, but as, as soon as they touched on the thing they want you to shift, there's no one else in the room, just you and what they said. The moment has moved on, but you can't. Everything you do the rest of that day is influenced by this pain you feel, by that thing that they said, by the way that they hurt you, when the thing that they said wasn't even to hurt you. It was to help you be better. Now, now listen, we've... I don't want anyone in here to feel like, ooh, I'm being targeted today. Uh, because I want you to know that the messages that I have the honor of giving are aimed at me, and you just get to hear it. So, like, this is all about me and God right here. Like, this is my stuff. Um, and you just get to benefit. I, I want you to know we've, we've all experienced this. And having a moment where you're angry, that's not sin. That's not evil. That's not wrong. It, it happens. Um, having a moment uh, where, you, where you buy into something that, that sounded right. You know, that, that happens. There's grace for that. Uh, being brought low by something someone said. Maybe there's something that needs to be healed there. It's okay. Like, God has grace for all of these things. You're not especially broken because you find yourself here. But I'm talking about when it becomes to be a pattern. When you find yourself on this roller coaster of up and down emotion uh, that can shift, uh, that can last for a season. Or it could be a moment today and then another moment tomorrow and then another moment the next day. But we've got to be good at noticing these patterns because I want you to know that Jesus has not designed you to be on this broken roller coaster where your emotions and, and being triggered and all of this stuff sends you left and right, left and right, off course and to anywhere but where he's meant you to go. He's got purpose for you. He's got more for you than that. Because of Jesus, where you are is not where you have to stay. Let me say it again. Because of Jesus and what he did on the cross, where you are is not where you have to stay. Someone has walked in here today in the midst of a struggle with an addiction. Where you are is not where you have to stay. 
There are, there are marriages in the room where God knows you've been fighting about the same things over and over again. Where you are is not where you have to say, I want you to know. We worship the God of hope. There is hope for you. There is joy for you. There is more for you than where you're at. It's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. God is not scared of your emotions. He's not scared of the way that you feel. Our God is so great, though, uh, that he lets you know uh, that only he should be the king of you, not the way that you feel. Um, he cares deeply about what you're thinking. He cares deeply about what you're feeling. It matters because of the call of God in your life. When you think like Jesus, you begin to act like Jesus. When you act like Jesus, people see him in you. When people see him in you, they see Jesus. They put their trust in you. When the people around you put their trust in Jesus, your community begins to look more like Jesus. When your community looks more like Jesus, uh, the world starts to look more and more like heaven. His will is then done in earth as it is in heaven. I want you to know that you were made for a purpose, not just your own goals, not just your own mission, not just your own stuff. God has planted you in your community to be the agent by which he transforms that community. You gotta have your mind right. You gotta have your armor on. You gotta be ready for the fight. Oh man, my time has disappeared. I'm just saying a lot of things today. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's talk about what it looks like to put on the helmet of salvation. Let's start in Proverbs 3 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you the path to take. Now more than ever, we are more easily convinced that we know the way to go. We have access to more information now more than ever before in human history. And so, like, like last, the other day, my wife and I, we installed our, our new dishwasher. Never done it. Us, YouTube, and the floor, and we worked it out, right? Like, there, there, there's so much available to us. It's easy to believe that just give me enough time. I'll, I got it. I got this. I, I can do this. I can figure this out. And how often do we run with our own plan, our own wisdom, our own way of doing it until it all fails? And then suddenly it's bigger than us. Suddenly it's outside of our control. And then that's the moment where our knees hit the floor and we say, God, will you help? I don't know what to do. How, how often do we wait that long? But what if we started with acknowledging God? What if we began the process with acknowledging God in our thought life? God. I thank you for sending Jesus. Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus to live and die for me, that you, you raised him from the grave uh, so that there would be new life and hope for me. Thank you, God, for that. God, today I give you my thought life. You know the mess it's been. You know where it's gone. You know how easy it is for me to get off track. God, have your way here. Have your way, oh God. Starting with what Jesus has done for you, offering up your mind, offering, allowing him to come in and have his way in the way that you think. Have his way in the way that you uh, think about church, in the way that you think about friends, in the way that you approach your business. Allow him to come in and lead you and guide you even in that place. I am convinced that you and I need to let submission be our strength. We need to let submission be our strength. The more we lay down, the stronger we get. The more we lay down, the stronger we get. The more we lay down, the better we're ready for the battle. The better we're ready for what's coming. You find strength in letting go of control. You find strength in 
putting it in his hands. Romans 8, 5 through 6. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And if we're going after anything, we're going after life and peace. That's what we want. That's what you want. Life and peace. Not anxiety, not fear, not brokenness, not pain. Life and peace. Let God lead you. Invite him in to help you know what's right. Let him be your filter. And this is not a one time. This is not, I said the prayer, now I'm good. I got saved in seventh grade and now I'm good. No, no. This is on the daily. This is regular. This is again and again and again and again and again. You see, we're saved in a moment, but our minds are sanctified over a lifetime. We're saved in a moment, but the work of God in your mind, that it looks like Jesus, happens over a lifetime. It's about creating these these patterns, this process, this rhythm of surrender, this rhythm of giving of yourself, giving all of yourself over to God and saying, come and have your way. And we begin to see ourselves move from how we used to think to sounding more like Jesus. James 4, 7. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The more you lower yourself before the Lord, the more you find the grace to resist the enemy. The more you lower yourself, you find this grace to resist the devil. You develop this resistance in your mind where in real time, when that thought comes in, where the enemy is urging you to agree with this new thought that popped in your mind, you're like, no, 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 that's, that's not true. I'm not going to believe that about my family. No, no, that's, that's not true. I'm not going to believe that about myself. Jesus died for me. I might not be worthy of it, but he, he loved me. He chose me. I'm not going to believe that about myself. His thoughts about me are higher than my own. I'm not going to believe that about myself. You lower yourself, and God gives you the grace to resist. And what happens when you resist? He will flee from you. He will flee from you. Next thing. Decide what you dwell on. Philippians 4.8, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think on things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I go to the gym once a week. That's all I need. No, no, I... I'm just terrible. I'm not disciplined enough to go <laughs> that, that, that often. But I do go to the gym. And one of the things that I um, don't like about the gym is my locker room experience. Yep. Uh, someone said, ah, uh, they know where I'm going. You walk in the gym, and, and, and you find people in all kinds of, they're all different parts of the workout process. Some people are cut up. Uh, some people have a ways, ways to go, right? But some folks in there have found this confidence which they must be so confident, I would assume it's coming from the Lord. But then I see what I see, and I know that the Lord doesn't want this. You've got some people unveiled, let's say, in such a way, that's like, oh, God, uh, I, I, I go in. I didn't come for that. I don't want to see that. And so I look, I look for a locker as fast as I can. Then I lock eyes in that locker, and I'm going. I'm dodging naked people. I'm going, and I'm just trying to get there. That's all I want. That's the goal, right? Fixed. My eyes are fixed on that spot. Listen. There's a lot of crazy 
shall we say, naked and terrifying thoughts that will come at you in your life. Man, so good, right? <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> My wife told me not to tell that story. Um, but really, there are so many things that we can put our attention on. We, we, we live in a time where our most common position is right here. Our neck hurts. Why? Because right here. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know. I know. We have our gaze fixed in a direction, and we're taking in all of these things. But I, I dare submit to you that we might find more strength, more ammunition for the fight. We might find the things that we need if we learn to fix on our eyes on the things of God. Right now, right now, uh, I, I, we're, we're, we're in this incredible series, and Pastor Ben, several weeks ago, gave us this list of, of memory verses that we're going to be memorizing at a church. I'm not going to ask for your status update and where you stand with that, but I will say that if you're like me, we could probably spend some more time there. I want you to know it's worthwhile because we have to actually train ourselves to look on good things. Everyone turns and looks at the car wreck. That's easy. It's harder than to look for the things that are beautiful, look for the things that are holy, look for the things that are right and good and fix our eyes on those things. But we've got to learn to dwell on those right things. That's, that's putting on that helmet. Um, there's this verse in Ephesians 5.26. Um, it, it's going to sound weird just seeing the verse. But before this, this is talking about how Jesus has made his church holy. So it's 5.26. To make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. This idea of the cleansing of God's word. The more that you fix your eyes on the word of God, the more that you read it and then repeat it and then write it and then play it, hit the play button on the Bible app. You, you, you make that a regular habit. You let that be the atmosphere of your home, the atmosphere of your life. The more that you do this, the more that your mind is washed by the word. Dirty things take some time to rinse off. Muddy shoes take a rinsing and another rinsing and another rinsing and another rinsing. That is your mind after it's been exposed to the things of this world. So let the word wash your mind, fix your eyes, fix your mind on where it's supposed to go. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. The pattern of this world is for us to willpower our way through struggle. Just try harder, right? Just try a little harder and you'll get through eventually. Um, but the way of the kingdom is submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to God. Allow his word to wash over you. Allow his grace and his peace, all of these things to wash over you. You fix your mind on his word, what he said is true about you and your life and your purpose and this place that you find yourself in. You fix your mind on that. In time, you'll let God transform you into a new person by changing the way Last thing I'll say. Oh, dear Lord, I've talked way too long. Last thing I'll say is it's not what you know. It's who you know. 1 Corinthians 2.16. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things. For we have the mind of Christ. This confused me for a long time. I was like, okay, I said yes to Jesus. So do I now have the brain of Jesus? I 
And I'm not thinking more holy than normal. Like, that, this was my mind. So like, what does that even mean? How do I turn that on? Like, Jesus brain activate. Like, oh, I, what, what, what is this all about? And as I, as I studied just over time, um, I learned that this is, it's, it's not that, that straightforward. Talking about having the mind of Christ, it means that when you say yes to Jesus, you believe in your heart, you profess with your mouth, you receive salvation, then you also receive a gift. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have access to the Spirit of God. You have access to the Spirit of Jesus. If there is confusion in your mind, you don't know which way to go. You don't know what is true. You have the Spirit of God. Ask Him. He can let you know what is true. You're dealing with these things that you don't even know how to tackle them. You're unsure of how to move forward. Ask the Spirit of God because with man it's impossible. Well, with God, all things are possible. Some of us are struggling with battles. We've been believers for years, but we've struggled the same way for a long time. I'm saying today, when you're stepping into a battle, again, that feels too big for you. Again, it feels overwhelming. Again, a situation that you don't know how to handle. I want you to know that when you said yes to Jesus, when you received the gift of salvation, you don't walk in alone anymore. You don't walk in alone anymore, church. I want you to know it doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what your context is. It doesn't matter how long you've been confused. It doesn't matter what they've said to you. God is with you. What I'm saying is, wherever you go, the same spirit of the living God that split the seas from Moses, he goes with you. The same spirit of the living God that led the Israelites through the desert in the night, the fire, in the day, for the cloud of smoke. He is with you. I am letting you know the same spirit of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead according to his word is with you. You're not fighting me. You never fight. Would you stand with me this morning? In every single struggle, you have all that you need. In every single battle, you'll have what you need. Humble yourself before God. Give Him your life, your mind, anew. Invite Him to lead you, not your strength, but His. Less of you, more of Him. Ask the Spirit of the living God that is with you in the crowd and when you're by yourself. Ask Him to move. I'm here to tell you that there is hope for the battle for your mind. There is protection against thoughts that would come in and try to ruin everything. God is for you. He is with you. He is on your side. Would you bow your heads? Let me pray for you. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for everyone standing here. I thank you for every man, woman, and child in this room and for everyone watching online. I thank you, my God, that you see each and every one of them. You know every name. You know every story. And God, you see through the surface and you see the battle. I thank you, God, that you don't leave your children alone. I thank you, God, that we have all that we need because of who you are. We have all that we need because of what you've done in Jesus. I thank you, my God, that there is victory on the horizon in 
Jesus' name. I thank you, my God. There is freedom from thoughts that would, that would chain people up in Jesus' name. Thank you, my God. That's who you are, and that is what you do. Would you give us the grace this morning to give our hearts to you again, give our minds to you again, to humble ourselves and seek your strength, your help, and in that whatever you can. In Jesus' name. Now, right now, let's uh, let's actually keep every head bowed and eyes closed, please. I, I just want to take another moment longer. I, I know what, what I've said today and the hope with which I speak today is for every single one of us who has made Jesus Christ their Lord and their Savior. But I know that there are some people who haven't. I know that there are some people who haven't, or maybe there are some people who did at one point in time, but, but something's changed found themselves walking away a little bit. I want to make sure that you have an opportunity. Everyone has an opportunity this morning. Maybe you've never known the love of Christ. You've never known how good our God can be. But because of what we're talking about this morning, you want to. If that's you right now, wherever you are, no eyes are looking around, put your hand on your heart. Or maybe even still, if there's someone in here that has kind of faded away somehow and you want to rededicate who you are, who you're going to be, to the only one who saves, to the only one who has life. Put your hand on your heart in this moment. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I see those hands. We're going to pray, and I want you to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. And thank you for your grace. Will you forgive me of all my sins, of all my mistakes? Would you give me the grace to surrender, to follow you all the days of my life? In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. <laughs>